Hello and welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. Uh, you can find our weekly property show live every Sunday on propertymatterstv.co.uk or by searching Property Matters TV on YouTube or Facebook. Whenever or whenever you're watching us, enjoying the show, please get involved by adding your comments on the comments section. We'll always come back to you on that. And if you'd like to email us, it's hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast. And if you would like to download it from any one of the eight biggest podcasts, podcast platforms, easy for me to say, any Monday morning from 10am. So what are the big stories of this week? Let's find out with property expert Joe Joshi. Morning, Joe. Yes, hello. Hello, uh, Paul and um, uh, all our viewers. A uh, nice uh, bright day. Um, I think it's the last of the decent weather, as weather seems to be the uh, top subject discussed over and above, of course, property matters. Um, because, you know, property does matter, but apparently weather at the moment matters even Hence more. Hence the Bermuda shirt today, just to try and stay, stay and stay, stay cool, if only I could say it. Shall I start that again? I think I will. Uh, hence the Bermuda shirt today, just to stay cool. Anyway, moving on, let's get to our first story of the day and I'll get my teeth fixed tomorrow. Uh, new builds are gaining value faster than older stock as they apparently outperform existing homes on price growth by almost 20% last year. Joe, the property type is traditionally seen as a bad investment because they lose their value quickly, but more investors are seeing advantages which seemingly keep the prices high. Suggestions are that the EPC rating, of course, is nice and already fixed because it's coming in at least a C, if not higher. So that's great for landlords not having to worry about altering their property to get the value up to a C when these new tenancy rules kick in at the end of 2025. And the current average house price in the UK is at 272.851, having increased by 8% last year. But at the same time, these new builds have risen from an average of 330 to 422, making an annual growth of 28%. So we're challenging one of the norms of property knowledge here, aren't we really, Joe? Because it's always been don't buy a new build because A, they're not as nice and not as good. But also you won't get the growth that you'll get from having a traditional property that everybody supposedly wants. But this is flying straight in the face of that really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and there's lots of reasons for it, I suppose, for uh, flying in the face of the, the whole situation. I think um, there's a combination that we have to uh, take into consideration, I suppose. And one is that the next generation uh, of uh, would-be buyers are not really interested in uh, older properties. They're just not handy and um, not sort of cut out to go out and do the DIYs prefer something fairly uh, cool and simple. Of course, the EPC um, has made a lot of difference. When you think about, you know, the word electric in every possible way at the moment and, you know, going green and, um, and then the combination of um, the cocktail that I call nowadays of you know, the mortgage rate rise and, of course, all sorts of other um, uh, costs that are increasing, uh, all combined actually makes perhaps the newer ones a little bit more attractive. Um, uh, my only thought with new properties always been for family purposes is that they've always, you know, been maxed out when they're built by the developers. You've got, you know, you literally, uh, if you're lucky, a meter away from your neighbor um, and um, not particularly big gardens because they want to try and maximize the number of properties that they can build in a given area. Um, so that's part of the attraction of the older ones, but 
looking at the, the kind of people and the type of people that now want to buy new or rent even new properties or newer properties, it's clear that um, the demand for something modern, easy and obviously cost effective has become more desirable, um, which then puts the burden quite heavily on um, the people that have the older properties to get them up to speed. If not, they will start to lose um, the tenants if they're renting it and certainly perhaps uh, value in the sale if it's not up to a minimum standard of C going forward. Um, so there's, there's a, a whole bunch of new um, tax issues that are, are come forward. I say tax, not in income tax, but the taxes that are put on properties and, and the burden of trying to make things happen. And it's, of course, as we know, I mean, pretty much every other person is now saying, look at the petrol prices and, you know, electricity is, is, is the, the way to go. But you have to combine that with, with what's actually happening. So having um, properties that are perhaps uh, much, much uh, safer and more economical are probably the attractions that are actually taking the values up. Yeah, this is new research from Unlatched, who um, have basically said that uh, new homes are getting better and better, the finish of them and the quality has improved dramatically. And of course, everyone, as you rightly say, focused on energy efficiency and that fuel consumption. And, and you can understand the appeal to, and I wonder whether it's the new generation of landlords, because we're, we're being told that more and more traditional landlords are leaving the industry because the money's just not in anymore. And there's a lot of people who are buying that extra property to maybe give them some retirement income. So a lot of these new, what we call small, what I'd call smaller landlords or novice landlords, and maybe they're thinking, well, do you know, I haven't got the time or the inclination or the money to get, do up an old property and get it up to sea. And actually, do you know what, for a tenant's purposes, actually a nice, bright, shiny new place that's nice and warm and cosy and doesn't cost much to run. After all, they're going to be paying the fuel bills, not the landlord. So surely that does make sense if you're one of these sort of one-house landlord type um Yeah, centers. that's exactly what I'm saying, that, that basically going forward, a lot of the, the, the whole of the next generation, we get new landlords or new tenants or new owners are all of a similar ilk in mind that um, we need to have um, something that is easy maintenance, easy to, to deal with, um, more cost effective, time is the issue. Yes, they want as much possible space, but they also have lots of new gadgetry things that are added. For example, you know, there was a time when people used to say, well, you know, if you hasn't got Cat5 uh, installation put inside because of my computers or, where will it be the best um, uh, Wi-Fi range? That is also a huge demand now. Um, and so when new builds are happening, they are having to sort of consider the quality of the Wi-Fi or the aerials or the antennas that they need to put in to make sure that um, uh, the Wi-Fi is at the strongest, especially during the pandemic and, and even after, more and more people still working from home or having partly home and part office for the hybrid kind of working so there's there's a whole there's a huge new shopping list Paul that now um, has changed and, it, and it's, that shopping list comes with um, newer homes perhaps because it's just easier than to go out there and start to do I mean if you ever done an older property up you know that if you start one room or one thing you you end up doing the whole place because one starts to make the other looks really old and tired and do it and before you know it, you've got to almost, you may as well start from the top and work the way down and, and try and get it new. Here, what they're saying is that 
you know, we've got, we don't need to do that. It's, it's all new, um, which is great news for new home builders. Uh, it's great news for obviously the younger people. The only problem with some of those things is that they are sometimes a little bit remote from reality. Um, they're not always, they're not always convenient. But then there's a lot of people that are lazy enough not to sort of have because you know some of the the most amazing things that have been happening I see as I drive around and I'm sure you do too. I mean you know these new operations like Deliveroo and Justy and so forth are are absolutely and people are. are getting lazier and lazier because they get their milk delivered even though the milk might only be a pound and 50p or something but they'll pay two pound 50 for the bike the guys to bike it down to them and and so yeah, it's, it's it's just unreal sometimes i mean i see you know more bikes with those bags on the back of them and i ask myself how do they how many how many places do they have to go to make something happen but you know there must be a, a method behind that madness and all of that combined um, takes us into the, the next age, as you would say, the millennial age, which is what we're all about now, aren't we? So apart from me, I'm, just, I'm still in the archaic age. Investors are saying that they quite like the idea of the new build because not least of the fact that actually when they purchase the property, it's very often the case that the uh, agent selling the uh, estate actually has a tenant already waiting to move in because they're so desirable and the market is the way it is at the moment that they've actually got somebody already lined up and there's very few void periods. So when somebody moves, it's odds on that an agent's going to find a new tenant because it's nice and shiny and new and cheap to run. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing that they like about it is very few of those sales fall through because at the end of the day, the searches don't bring up all these horrible problems that go back two or 300 years. Yes, I mean, there is that. Um, uh, of course, every, anything that's new is going to have uh, that sort of shiny look about it in every possible way. Even the paperwork is going to look nice and shiny because there is no skeletons in the cupboard. Having said all of that, you know, part of that is also down to the developer and the builders. I mean, we, we've got... Um, transactions going on where you know developers and builders just can't get with the, with the program when when they are having to do all of these things it's almost like we you know we want to cut corners we don't want to be able to deliver that and that then takes time in trying to sell them so the bigger operators the bigger builders that have got it absolutely to a button where they turn around and say you know we, we are going to provide xyz and like you say if they go to the showroom or they're um, uh, show house that is on site, they probably got tenants who have popped in and said, you know, if you find someone who's buying something that they're going to rent, you know, please give them my number because I'm looking to rent here and, uh, yeah, ready-made re rental income as soon as they buy it. So they, there's a huge uh, plus factor that is being considered in all of this um, as far as the new guy is concerned, purely because of where we are in our, in our lifespan and, and what the customer is requiring. That's not to say that um, you know the old are are, are out. They, there is a, there's so much scope in old properties. Just that people have got to learn to say that we want to um, develop it. And old landlords, the reason why they want to probably get out is you know they've actually made good money over that period. They made made their money. They've had some capital return, and maybe time in life is at such a point where they just think, well, actually, I don't want to spend another twenty, thirty thousand pounds to get this up to scratch, to make it up to sea, so I'll get rid of it. But those people, when they get rid of it, are back in the, in the play. They're not gone away. They just come back into play with some newer properties.
It's quite interesting. They give a specific example on a regional level, existing home uh, the, compared to existing homes in Wales. So the average new build property in Wales has seen its value increase by 34% in the last year, from 246740 to 331159, which is 23% higher than that of existing homes, which have only gone up 11%. So, so we're talking 34% growth. Um, in the properties in Wales, in particular, as in, in, in actual Merthyr Tydville, they've actually gone up by 38%, which is the highest in Wales. It's 15% in London, 20% in the Midlands, um, Scottish, uh, anything between 17 and 29%, depending where you are in Scotland. So all these prices are rising. And this has to be consumer-led, isn't it? Because this is people wanting simple solutions um, and, and, and cheap-to-run costs. And cost of and cost effective purchases, Paul. All the areas that you have mentioned there are, you know, much much cheaper to move into, much much cheaper to buy than perhaps the traditional south, southeast, the um, you know the home counties, um, and because of the way people have started to work over the last couple of years through the pandemic and the, and the hybrid, they have the choice and the wish that they can actually go much further out. Um, as our, our late Mr. Gove, in the uh, you know in the in the um, uh, government was saying leveling up, but you know it's not quite leveling up, but it's certainly offering more scope to level up, and the younger people are able to buy a lot better and, and a wider choice a bit further out. So I think those are all part of the attractions in, in where we are actually getting getting the results from from these new homes. Talking new homes for, for a moment, I actually went through the process a number of years ago. I must say it was one of the most horrific experiences of my life, not least all the snagging and everything that has to go on afterwards. And I also found it quite difficult to buy off plan because I couldn't see the house physically because it hadn't been built. Obviously, I could see a nice cartoon drawing of it in a, in a nice a posh brochure, but I couldn't actually see it in reality. And I remember going to the plot, which was a beautiful plot looking down over a canal, but the plot just didn't look big enough to put a four-bedroom house on it. And, it. and yet when it was built, it all seemed to work. So I had all those difficulties and challenges. So what advice do you give anybody that's buying off plan? I think the first and foremost is, to, as you rightly did, is visit the site um, where it's going to be. You may not get onto the specific plot, but you certainly get a feel for the area and, and what's going to exist around you. And that is a, a, a huge deciding factor. It's not always so much the actual size of the plot at the time, it's also about the surrounds. I mean, I tend to go and travel around the country sometimes when I'm uncertain about a property, it's better for me to go and stand on site. And it's amazing how much, you know, comes clearer um, when you're physically there. So I always recommend that where possible, people should always travel to the site of, of what their new home is going to be on and so forth. Of course, get the floor plans um, and get some indication from the builder of what that size is going to be. And also, maybe the other way to do it is do a comparison, because if you can't get a feel for it because it's not built, maybe go to another site, another developer who has concluded some building and look at the size of the accommodation. So let's say hypothetically that the sort of average two bedroom apartment is anything between 630 to 720 square feet. Um, you know, what does that mean to somebody who doesn't understand 
what that square footage is going to be. So you, what you might do is you go to a development and look at their brochure and see what they're offering in that same size and then walk into a finished product and say, okay, so this is the kind of feel, this is the kind of space and size that I'm probably likely to get when my property is going to get built on that land that I've chosen to be or the area that I've done. So it's always good to do a little bit of research, but I think standing on that location will give you the ambiance of what is going to be around you. Is it going to be, you know, by a floodplain? Is it going to be next to a train line? All of those things will start to, to come to reality. And then you get that feel, the touchy-feely bit part of it. Um, and yes, of course, today the world is amazing by, by CGI's <coughs> computer-generated images. They can almost make you feel as you're right in there. You can do 3D, you can walk it, you can turn it upside down. But that feeling of, of does this, can I wear this, is, is probably the only way that I can describe. You've got to be able to wear that coat and go, oh, yeah, that feels good. And, and the other one didn't feel as good. So that's, and then to do that, you should be able to go to other sites, maybe not in your neighborhood, maybe on, on route somewhere. You might be going on a break somewhere or you're traveling somewhere. You see a site, stop, have a look, go inside, take a view. You know, that's what they're there for. They're there to show you the show houses, the showrooms have been put together to demonstrate to potential buyers. And you, you can go and get a proper feel for what you feel uh, is the size of the property that you're actually looking to buy. What I'd like to know, Joe, is where they get all that small furniture they put in the showroom to, to make the, um, the, the, the property look bigger. <laughs> well, you know, it's tailored um, and uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, when you see see that, um, I've seen seen how they put that together, and sometimes you think there is actually a physical bed that is there, but if you actually look under all the covers, it's probably a, a, you know ply, plywood and then all created around it. And yes, you do go back and see how am I going to put my you know king size bed in there? But they make the the, the rooms and the house look so fantastic. You just buy the whole concept, don't you? I've never seen sofas so small in all my life. The other tip I would give, actually, which is actually what happened to us, I won't mention the home builder, but it rhymes with carrot. And um, they, uh, they, they, we bought a property in Cheshire and uh, the uh, painters, because it had wooden windows, they were double glazed, but they were wooden windows, brand new, obviously, in a property like that. And uh, they, they, they bust in a load of painters because they were short staff from, from uh, Liverpool. And um, they painted the front windows because people would see those. And they painted the back downstairs windows, but left the top windows. <laughs> didn't bother with those because they didn't think anyone would look. No, I think I think it's quite important for them to sort of allow you to add your own touch, that final touch, and to make it your own. So I think sometimes they leave these things unfinished so that you know when you get in there, you make it your own. I think that's probably part of the reason that the, the, the Liverpool guys thought, you know, we want to make sure that when Paul buys this place, he really knows this is his process. I ought to perhaps stress that it doesn't mean that all painters from Liverpool do that. It just so happens that that's a factual piece of information that they were actually from Liverpool and that's what they did. <laughs> other painters are available in other areas, clearly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that would, be my, uh, that would be my tip. Look at the place like a hawk after it's finished and make sure you get everything snagged before you finally sign off. That would be my advice. 
Um, not that I often give advice on property, but that is from first-hand knowledge, I can assure you. So let's move on to our second story then, Joe. It uh, now takes 144 days, here we go, to buy a property compared with only 88 days in June 2021 and 93 days in June 2019. This is new research from 20EA. Northern Ireland, now the slowest place to buy a property by uh, uh, seven and a half months. The southwest is the second slowest region at over five and a half months. The highest priced properties, £1 million and plus, are taking significantly longer to buy compared to pre-pandemic. It now takes 5.2 months to close a deal on one of these properties. And since June 2019, it now takes a buyer 56% longer to buy a property than it did pre-pandemic. And of course, they're all going to see say that the fact is that, you know, we're all working from home and we're all uh, finding it very difficult to get all the information we need. But of course, this is actually meaning there's much greater risk of sales agreed falling through. So we're back to the conveyancing system yet again, and clearly it's not working. Yes, I mean, it just frightens me to think that in this modern age and, you know, you picked a subject that I probably normally like to get my soapbox onto, but it's just shocking that it takes so long to get a transaction through. Now, there are lots of reasons for it right now, um, because obviously with A, the pressure of, uh, of, of uh, pandemic has kind of gone out. So people were running around trying to say, I want to go and get um, the, the race for space and go out and do all of those things. And there was nothing else actually happening. So all of a sudden they had good concentration from um, the conveyances to be able to get those transactions through at a much faster pace. Then, of course, there is the issue with um, the mortgage side of things. The lenders are taking a little bit longer lenders are being choosy interest rates you know so climbing is actually slowing the process products get taken off time and offer lasts is less all of these things start to to kick in to create this this problem of longevity but more than anything else at this particular time of the year you'll find that it's because the world is actually on holiday uh, they haven't been away for the last two, three years because of the pandemic and, and the weather has been fortunate. And so they've allowed themselves to go away. So that time in the whole process has probably taken longer. And that urgency is not there as it was maybe two years ago through the pandemic. People wanted to, to get on and, and do certain things in a certain space of time because it, it did cause that issue. People were ill or members of family were, were not you know, near enough and all sorts of other things that started to happen. So I think um, I think those excuses that were there to make things faster have now kind of evaporated and we're back to, you know, snail's pace to try and get a transaction done. And considering how much work is now being able to be done online, how many searches, how many documents you can actually find online and make you all your thing, we're still three, four months, sometimes five, six months in a transaction. Um, and um, yeah, that 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 just uh, is quite shocking still. It's interesting, actually, because the amount of time it's taking is up so much. I mean, if you look at uh, Northern Ireland, it's shot up from 120 days to complete to 229, seven and a half months, as we stated. But the actual number of fall-throughs has only risen by just under a percent over two years. So 
people are sticking with it, generally speaking, but this is just taking longer and longer. And it's interesting why, I wonder, the Northern Ireland and the South West have been disproportionately affected. So it shot up 96 days, uh, from 96 days to 169 in South West, and from 120, as I said, to 229 in the, in Northern Ireland, which is over five and a half months in the southwest and seven and a half in the in Northern Ireland. It just seems odd why those regions, as you can see on the graph, if you're watching us on the video, um, you can see there they're disproportionately affected to the rest of the country. But across the country, the the the, the amount of time has taken. I think it's 30, 35, 36 percent is the shortest increase. Uh, of all the regions so it, it it's obviously pandemic related um because the because there isn't any more searches that people are doing i mean we're still doing the standard searches that we did pre-pandemic there's nothing new that's been added to legislation to make the job any longer surely no that's what i'm saying that's what's frightening that you know it's in the, in the 21st century everything is 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 doable online you can do your searches online Yet the program still takes a hell of a long time to actually get this and translate. Now, the only thing you can bring that down to is some personal circumstances, but I can't imagine that, you know, so many people buying have so many personal circumstances. You can allow for maybe a handful of situations, but, you know, not everyone is in that, that, that boat. But so it's down to the convincing system. It's down to, to that legal system that is not performing at the pace and at the level. So, of course, recently, um, you may have experienced this, but many places you go now, um, one of the biggest cries that we hear from everybody is staff shortage. Um, and, um, you know, whether you're in a restaurant or whether you're in a, a law firm or convincing or whatever, there's a, a huge um, staff shortage. And, and so people are not able to get the jobs done as quickly. You speak to any councils, um, they will tell you that in some cases people are still working from home remotely so they're not actually being able to bring them into the office and make it work in the way it should happen so there's there's a lot of other underlining issues but it's still frightening to think paul that it's taken so long to do you know it's not a simple task it's the most expensive form of money that you ever spend in your life but nevertheless it's more made more difficult by sometimes just not being bothered i mean i'm i'm convinced that Many, many large operators and conveyancers take on huge workloads and just haven't got the staff to wade through it. And so at the end, everybody else suffers for it. So what's interesting is that the properties under £200,000 have actually seen a uh, rise in the rates of fall-throughs, whereas the properties over a million have seen quite a significant decrease. So it seems that there's a much better chance of completing on a million pound property, Joe, than there is on less than 200,000. Does that suggest to you finance issues perhaps, potentially? Absolutely. I mean, you have to remember that the system that we are used to and exists is a chain system. So, you know, if we go back to the start of that, a first time buyer is likely to buy a studio, stroke one bedroom, stroke two bedroom, stroke small house, um, and they they have a journey. They they're starting on a journey. They might be doing a ninety percent mortgage, uh, or a ninety five percent mortgage, or maybe you know a hundred percent mortgage. It just depends what the program is. So that will take longer because you know literally the lenders are throwing everything at them to try and make sure that they can purchase that property. Whereas the people at the other end, for example, the million pound, I mean they are they're probably selling a property at seven, eight hundred thousand, maybe a bit, they've got plenty of equity, they've cleared the mortgage out, 
So their position is much stronger and much better. So therefore, they're going to turn around and say, you know, time takes less uh, in, in doing the transaction. But the reality is it is financial related. Um, it is mortgage related. And of course, the higher the borrowings, the longer it's going to take because it's just so much more risk. The lower the borrowings, the bigger the deposit you have, the lesser the risks and the, and the quicker the transaction is going to take. So to get to that point where you're actually doing less borrowing is the journey that we take in this country, in the United Kingdom. We start our first time project, you know, as a, as a small home and we build up from three bed, two bed to three bed to three bed to four bed or detached and, and so forth. And then to your, uh, your country pile, you know, um, and by the time you get to the country pile, you would have had hopefully enough equity in your sales that you're not borrowing as much. And because you're not borrowing as much, the lenders are, are, are quicker and more easier to work with. Yeah, they're suggesting in here that it's actually the squeeze on household income that is bringing this uh, this this opportunity for fall throughs happening. As uh, uh, they're often going to be on higher loan to value ratios as a result as well. So it's another reason why they're falling through because suddenly you know the the, the mortgage offers are. Uh, not looking as attractive as they once were. Which leads us nicely to our, our final story, Joe, which is um, the latest data from Moneyfax UK, the Mortgage Trends Treasury report shows that the average length of time for which mortgages remain on the market has plummeted to a new record low, while at the same time, average rates have risen for the 10th consecutive month. So this is not good news for those looking to get on the ladder. Plunging to a record low, mortgage products now only have an average shelf life of 17 days, four days fewer than our previous recorded low of 21 days, which was seen last June 2022, uh, giving borrowers the shortest chance yet to secure their chosen product. And at 4.08%, the overall five-year fixed rate average has increased for the 10th consecutive month, surpassing 4% for the first time since October 2014. Following a monthly rise of 0.19%, this rate is now 1.4% above the equivalent rate recorded in December 2021, which was 264%. So it's, it's a minefield out there. I mean, let alone uh, for, the, for the brokers that's got to keep up with it all, people like Bob, of course, if the product's only on the market for 17 days, you've got to be pretty quick. Yeah, well, you may recall from a previous conversation that Bob had, I mean, sometimes, um, you know, they've taken the product off the shelf before they've even concluded an application form. And they think they're about to do something, and by the time they submitted it, it's, it's already gone. So, and that's because the evolving and the ever fast-moving industry we are currently in with the mortgage side, and so many products and so many opportunities exist uh, from different types of lenders, that people can shop around. But what they're saying is, if you shop around, you need to sort of basically make a decision quickly because otherwise that product's going to be taken off and you're going to miss out. And sometimes they can be quite significant uh, amounts that, that could vary. And that's what Bob was saying. That basically, as far as he's concerned, he's got, you know, products. He's, every day they're changing up. The lenders are coming with them. And if they're not actually doing them quick enough, they're going off, off the shelf. And the rates are going higher or, or the lower rates are, are, are not there long enough for people to justify. And even even I think his last comment, he said there's a number of lenders that have just come off the panels saying we just can't take. I think he recalled the, the name was Coventry he mentioned. They just literally took all their products off because they just couldn't cope with the amount of application that they had. So the only way to, to shut it all down was take all the products off. 
and say, you know, we're not we're not lending anymore until we get all our existing um, applications through or sorted out. So it is it is about the supply and demand in the mortgage world at the moment, and, and that makes a huge difference. They're saying that the two-year fixed rates have also risen for the tenth consecutive month, now three point nine five percent, which was up point two one percent on the year on the month before and sits 1.61% higher than the equivalent rate set in December 2021. Um, and also it's saying that the mortgage availability has dropped again. So in August, they began the month with 4,407 mortgage products on offer, um, uh, which is 149 fewer than there were available at the start of July, meaning that the level of choice of borrowers has fallen yet again. So uh, uh, not only is it they're on the market for not very long at all. The actual choice in the number of deals that you might be able to get is uh, falling rapidly too, which uh, suggests. And I remember they had this when when uh, when we got into the lockdown, didn't it? The number of products reduced dramatically, so that people weren't able to actually get a mortgage because they didn't want to do the business because they didn't have the resources. And it is the resources. It's, it's the staff members, and and, the, and and as I said earlier on. The number of people that now tell me, you know, that they just can't get the staff, and that's it in every industry across the board. By the way, it's not as any specific industry, pretty much across the board. And I, and I don't really know where all those people have gone. I know we had Brexit, and some people have left and come, but not it can't be that many. It's just I think, you know, we also have to understand that people took their time in in the pandemic to reevaluate their own lives and realize that. You know, having that time at home and having that time with the family and doing all sorts of other things that they probably did, were on, on, a, on a treadmill and never came off in trying to do. And while they're off the treadmill, they realize that they, these are things that were more valuable and, and going forward. So a lot of people decided not to return back or return back part time, maybe or lesser time. Um, and in the meantime, that those voids have not been filled in. Uh, by other people and um, or we haven't had the time to train other people. I mean, that's fundamentally an issue that I've, I've, I personally face is that, you know, if I've, if I've got lesser people in the team for, for any reason, then to get someone on board, I've then got to spend time to, to train them. And some, at the moment, it's the case of the lesser of the two evil. You either do as much as you can yourself and not bring the people on to train them or you you know, go back in your business and take the time to train somebody and then find that maybe that person that you spent the time training hasn't actually got what you need them to do in the first place. So it's a really real difficult choice. And I was talking to uh, uh, some a restaurant owner and he, and he said partly even even in, in those trades, it's difficult to find the people that actually want and have the desire to do. Um, so I think the, the, that's a huge challenge at the moment across the board. I think we're hearing that in all walks of life, aren't we, Joe? The uh, the fact that it's so difficult to get staff uh, in any type of business these days. So, okay, let's uh, wrap up today, I think, by saying, uh, as far as mortgage is concerned, Joe, that it's really important, isn't it, to get the right advice. And uh, I know we say that whenever we have Bob on, but uh, in a really tricky and volatile market like it is at the moment, you really do need to get professional help. Absolutely. I think, uh, And that's the case in everything, Paul, not just in the mortgage market, legally, in every possible way in our business. It's the biggest and the, and the largest investment, financial, uh, mentally, physically, um, and financially you'll ever make. So uh, every uh, bit of advice you get is very, very important. But certainly at this time where, where there's so much going on, 
um, good legal advice, good financial advice is, is, is very, very key and very, very important to have. And of course, whilst Bob is you know, part of our team, we, we have many others that we can actually turn to as well. So if there's anything that is specific to the requirements, then please do get in touch and we will try and direct you and guide you and point you in the right direction and hopefully get the right results for you. Joe, thank you very much indeed as always. More sound advice on Property Matters every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or on our podcast, don't forget, 10 o'clock on the Monday following the Sunday show or indeed on our website, propertymatterstv.co.uk. Anytime you want to watch us. Enjoy.